Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where we get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you need help with addiction, you can reach out to my personal line. It's 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. So what I want to talk with you guys a little bit about today are the three factors that lead to addiction. And you know, I've worked with, I mean, at this point, I've talked and worked with thousands of people that struggle with addiction and that are also sober now. And I'm also obviously in recovery at this point. And so there's definitely a lot of patterns that you notice when you're working with a lot of people that are struggling with the same thing. And um, everybody's details might be a little different. However, you know, we all have our individual stories, but from a general basis, a lot of the same struggles pretty much happen over and over again. So, um, and it's crazy too, because a lot of times we are acting on autopilot. We, we develop these belief systems and more or less this programming as we get older, but, but it starts in our childhood and we turn out a certain way simply because we are just so used to thinking a certain way. It doesn't actually mean that our reality is, uh, it doesn't mean that we can't be more. It doesn't mean that we can't have a good life, but when we have a certain belief system that we can't or that we don't deserve it, we act in a manner that literally plays that back to us. You know what I mean? Like we literally confirm our own belief system and we act in ways that confirm what we truly believe deep down inside. So um, the first thing that I want to talk about is trauma. And this could be a number of different things, but specifically mental, emotional, physical, and sexual trauma is a massive contributor. You know, I mean, pretty much what's going on is there's some type of pain. There is some type of um, issue going on underneath the surface. And a lot of times this happens when we're very young. Um, sexual trauma is a big one that I, that I think, uh, you know, it probably happens to more people than you would think. And it's one of those things that obviously causes a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of embarrassment. And, you know, when you're young, Dr. Gaber Mate said something that I really, that I really like, and it's just so true. It's like kids are narcissistic by nature. And what he, and what that means is kids think that the whole world revolves around them, that everything that happens to them is directly because they deserve it or it has something to do with them. Although, uh, of course, as we get older and have a different perspective, we realize that the, 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 there's a lot of complications in life and there's a lot of reasons for, for how the world operates. But when we're young, we don't understand this. And so a lot of times when things happen to us when we're young, we develop this belief system that, hey, I must deserve it. And this happened to me for a reason. It must be because I'm a bad person or I'm a bad kid or I misbehaved. And, and this is just what life, um, this is just what happens when you're not deserving of a good life. And, and as a kid, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to have love and we're supposed to be connected and we're supposed to come up in a certain way that is nourishing to our soul so we can go into adulthood, you know, with healthy boundaries and a, and a healthy foundation and, and, um, obviously try to, you know, develop a good life. And that's obviously the goal of, 
should be the goal of any family dynamics. However, obviously trauma is passed down from generation to generation. And a lot of times, a lot of times parents are just grown up kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as I get older, I realize how many people still need work to be done on themselves. And, and I'm talking about me too. You know what I mean? Like I realize this in myself and not just other people. It's not a judgment thing. It's just as we get older, I think I've realized like nobody really knows what the fuck is going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're all, just, we're all just trying to figure out our own stuff. And a lot of us are parents. A lot of us have certain responsibilities that impact other people's lives. And a lot of people just have not dealt with the traumas in their childhood and their lives to prevent that from being passed down. So, you know, things like Sexual trauma is clearly a big one. I mean, you know, I don't even really need to dive into that and why that's such a big problem. But, you know, the, the mental and emotional aspect as well, just simply not getting what we need and feeling neglected as kids and feeling like we are missing something is, is a traumatic experience. And it's not what you would normally think when you say the word trauma. It's not something that comes to mind right off the bat, but you know, being neglected and not getting emotionally what we need as human beings, like, listen, we need that. We need that, especially as kids. We need that connection to our parents and to our family and just just the, the foundation of community, you know what I mean? And it's very important growing up. And so when we don't have that, when we, are, when we have been deprived of that, it impacts us in so many different ways. And a lot of times it ends up with addiction and addiction doesn't need to obviously just be drugs and alcohol. You know, a lot of people overeat. A lot of people have gambling issues, shopping issues, uh, overindulgence in sex, um, you know, pornography, whatever the case may be, there's so many different things. And the foundation to a lot of it are these issues that I just talked about here. So that is number one. Uh, trauma is clearly a massive one, and, and it doesn't need to be necessarily a life-altering singular event. So when you think of the word trauma, I used to think that it was just you know a massive event that changed the course of your life forever or your mindset, and that doesn't necessarily need to be the case. It could be a slow... Um, it could be a slow process that happens over time, and it's just you start to learn... Um, you start to think about yourself in a certain way through the behaviors of other people and from not what you're getting. So number two is environment. Environment is a massive, massive thing, uh, of course. And, you know, this could be either family upbringing, you know, the, the hierarchy, the, the structure of your family. This could be your social circles as you go through middle school and high school. This can be uh, the, the environment that you grow up in, the city that you grow up in, right? The town, the neighborhood that you're in. Uh, this could even be, obviously, co-workers and as you get older and, and different social circles that you get um, exposed to. And so, you know, the whole thing behind human beings is, is we're social creatures. We need one another. We really do, and it doesn't mean that you need a million friends, but we do need love and connection. I mean, if you think about it, when we're born as human beings, the first thing that we need is our parents. Like, we need physical touch, and we need to be nurtured and cared after, 
And so that is literally our nature. And a lot of us are deprived of that, which I did talk about, obviously, in, in number one in, in the trauma section. But, you know, we need that. We need our environment plays a big part in it because we emulate what we see, even if it's fucked up behavior. You know, like you might grow up in a family and, and by the time you're 10, 11, 12 years old, you might realize, wow, I mean, my family's kind of out of whack and a little fucked up in certain areas, you know, but even knowing that you still, it's still not enough to, understanding isn't enough to make you go a different path because a lot of times kids, they might not always listen, but they never fail to emulate. So when you grow up, in, uh, under a certain structure and under certain rules and regulations, you're being programmed to think a certain way and you're being programmed to act in a certain way. We're going to emulate the, the people that we grow up with. And, you know, I know for myself, um, I really looked up to my brother big time. I mean, and ha have a great relationship still. And so when I was young, I did not have my father. He passed when I was young. And so I looked up to my brother quite a bit. I could relate to him a lot. We had similar interests and, you know, he, he had a lot of friends. And and so when I would watch him being younger and I would kind of like notice that he would be partying and, and experimenting and little things here and there, it wasn't like out in plain sight necessarily that certain things were going on but I, I was clearly observing what was going on and I could not wait for my time to arrive I remember this thought I remember being like eight years old and thinking to myself I could not wait until I could start partying this was before I ever picked up you know what I mean I, it's like how, how much more clear can it get than that right and so it seemed attractive to me and Obviously, a big part of that is is seeing that in my environment and you know being exposed to it. And I'm not blaming I'm not blaming my my older brother for for my addiction how I turned out not not in the least bit. But you know our environment is definitely a role. It plays a massive role in how we turn out. And it's not the sole it's not the sole reason for the way that things turn out. But it's just it makes things a lot more difficult if you grow up in a shitty household. Not that my household was shitty, but the point I'm making is like if you grow up in a shitty family structure or a shitty neighborhood where negative uh, behaviors are basically, um, you know, are, are basically looked at as okay and as, as a means to get by, then it, it becomes a lot more difficult to have that moral standing and to avoid those types of negative behaviors that eat at our soul, you know what I mean? Um, but to go back to my family structure, I mean, I grew up in a, in a great family and my mom was amazing and, you know, she always gave us love and support, right? And I was very aware of recovery and addiction and what it looked like from both angles. Um, obviously seeing my brother go through his stuff I dealt with my own shit. Um, I was aware of my father's stuff before he passed. And then I also got to watch my mom who was in recovery. I never got, I never saw her take a single drink or drug in her life. So 
I was very aware of what addiction was and what recovery was and all that. So, you know, I think more or less, like, I, I don't know if that really, I, I think I was kind of bred to be an addict and then in recovery. That's kind of how I, I look at it. I mean, I make a joke and it's, it's, it's actually not a joke. It's the truth. I took my first step as a human being in a step meeting, in an AA meeting. And for those of you that don't know, AA is based on the 12 steps. And so they have what they call step meetings. And in this particular meeting, I took my first step as a human being, like as a child. <laughs> and so um, that basically goes to show, you know, I, it must have been a bittersweet moment for my mom to see her child taking their first steps, but also realizing, holy shit, this kid's taking his first step in a meeting. It's like, you know, the, the symbolism there is pretty thick. Um, so anyway, number two is environment. And, and another thing before I move on is, is, you know, we have to understand when it comes to social circles as well, it just doesn't need to be family, but when we get involved with others that are in, you know, doing things that we don't necessarily agree with, you know, like we don't want to be an outsider and it takes a strong individual. This is why when you have peer pressure in school and, you know, your parents could tell you what decisions to make and, and what to say when you're in certain spots, but it's hard. It's hard to turn that away when you're getting pressured by your peers and, and you, no one wants to feel like an outsider. No one. We all need to, to feel like we have a tribe that we connect with and social, being a social outcast is extreme pain. You know, that's a very painful thing to go through uh, for anybody. So this is why sometimes we can get wrapped up in bad situations, even though it doesn't mean we're bad people. It doesn't mean we mean to. It's just that it's easier to go with the crowd than to stand your ground, you know? So, uh, and the last one, number three, and this is a massive one. And I think this is not talked about nearly enough. And this is lack of fulfillment. Um, I know I talk about this obviously on the podcast is, being driven, having purpose in life and, and having fulfillment is just so, it's so key for me because we all need to be working towards something. Otherwise, what's the point? If we're just walking around aimlessly and, and we kind of just take what life has to give us, like, you know, and trudging through life, trudging the road of fucking de our destiny and whatever, like, life throws our way, I mean, that's not attractive that's, that's a miserable existence and I've done it. You know, I've, I've been in that position where I didn't feel like I had a purpose and my soul was empty. And that's a really tough place to be when you don't feel like there is a purpose for you or, or there's just so much indecisiveness and, and fear takes over and you feel like, Again, we've been programmed to settle in life and get this job and do this thing and you get put into this box and, you know, it starts with school, right? Like you get good grades so you can get a good job and, you know, pursue a job that you don't even enjoy and getting all this debt and, you know, work your way out of the debt and someday you can retire. Like that to me, that scares the fuck out of me. Like... It really does. Going back to that, because I've been there, and going back to that type of lifestyle, I'll never be in that position again. I, I swear it. And 
it's the lack of fulfillment that scares me. You know what I mean? It's feeling like we must live our life in a manner that has no purpose or no service of others. That's what makes me feel good. I want to feel like I'm, I'm, I want to feel like I'm making the world a better place, you know, and I don't mean this, that in an egotistical way. I know that I'm just one individual, but you know, we all have, we all have gifts. We all have certain experiences that we can give to others. And when we've been through things that were once painful and, and were true obstacles, and we find a way to package that and to teach others the lessons that we learned so they can get better. There is nothing fucking better than that. It's why I'm talking right now. It's why you're listening to this podcast in this very moment. It's simply because of that, you know? I'm nothing special. I did a lot of drugs. I got into a shit ton of trouble. And I made my way out of it through through getting help from, from people that really wanted to pass the message along to someone like myself who was struggling. And now here I am doing the same thing. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to do this for a living. And I have big goals and aspirations to have my own facility, which will happen within this year. I'm determined to do it. Uh, and it's been my goal for a while. And that shit excites me. You know what I mean? So I can help more people. And I can have the type of lifestyle that I want and be successful and feel like I'm contributing to mankind. You know what I mean? That's what life is to me. It's becoming the best man that you possibly can by overcoming obstacles and then giving that man to the world. And for that value, you know, for the value that you give the world, you will get back. And so... I just, my life changed when I started to really work on self and, and started to pursue true fulfillment, like really got down to the nitty gritty and was honest with myself for, for the first time in a long time. Um, when I was about five years sober and my life was not looking good. I didn't even want to get high or drink because that, that craving has been smashed for a long time, but I was not happy. I was not content with the way I was living. I knew I was fucking up big time. And so I really got honest with myself about, all right, like I need to start all over. If I could start all over again, what would I do? And this is what I came up with, you know, <laughs> like having my own podcast and, and, uh, <clears throat> and having my own, you know, channel and making content like all this shit was stuff that I wrote about years ago. And I, I still have the notes. I still have the, the journal, you know, my journal that I have that I would write down my goals and dreams and shit. And like, that's what I want to give to others because I'm not something special. I'm not an outlier by any means. It's so possible. It is so, it is so possible for anyone to do what they are passionate about and to just feel excited about life. Because when we don't, when we have that lack of fulfillment, it's just every day is like, it just feels like every day is such a drag. You can't, like you have no reason to put your, to put your feet on the, on the ground in the morning and you have no reason to jump out of bed and you just don't have anything that is fruitful or on the horizon. And that's what leads to escapism when we don't have fulfillment. 
when we when our spirit is not being fed in a in a you know in a way that really gets us going we suffer and when we suffer we look to escape think about it when you think of a tortured soul when you think of a tortured person what are they looking to do they're looking they're looking for some type of answer they're looking for something and what i'm telling you is that you have that within you you have the capability to have fulfillment and to be excited about life and to give to others and be of service and whatever that is for you it doesn't have to be helping people with addiction but i will tell you if you look deep down inside and figure out what the greatest pain point was for you a lot of times the answer will lie right there because whatever creates the most pain in you will also create the most the most relief and ecstasy when helping someone else go through that because what is pain when you go through painful times it's shit that you don't ever forget and it's emotionally driving so when you get through certain obstacles the more painful that it is the more meaningful it is to you and when something means a lot to you when it gives when it means something to you and it feeds your soul it gives meaning to helping others that are going through similar things the only reason why i can talk about addiction and drugs and alcoholism and helping people get through absolute suffering and torturous times is because I remember how painful it was for me. I talk about this shit every single day. <laughs> every, every single day. I've talked about this for three, well, really, it's been, it's been more than that. It's been almost a decade since I've been sober. I've been talking about it in some extent, but, you know, content-wise, I'm, I'm just the energizer bunny that keeps on going and I have ideas that pop into my head all day, every day, spontaneously because I, I just, I know it well and I don't ever forget and it, and it feeds my, my soul. So lack of fulfillment is a big one. And this is, <laughs> I love when people say I'm bored. I'm like, you're not fucking bored. You, uh, your spirit is hurting. That's what that is. Boredom, like boredom to me, when I'm quote unquote bored, and I never use that term, but the point is, is boredom to me is peace of mind. When I'm alone and by myself and I have some downtime and I don't have too much to do, I'm not looking for escape because I, I like the way that my life operates right now. You know what I mean? We, when we get bored, that's really just a negative self-talk and you don't know what to do with your time and you don't know how to sit with your thoughts and your emotions. It's basically a way of your, your, your emotions telling you that I need more. This isn't enough. But when you're content with how things are going, you'll never use the term boredom, you know, especially when you work hard. Like when I get some downtime, I welcome that shit. You know, the, the, I'll, I'll never, I'll never complain about having some downtime. So that's pretty much what I got for this one, guys. And, and, uh, you know, everybody's different and I'm not trying to put everybody in a box. Um, but these are the big ones. These are the big factors that I've seen that lead to addiction issues with most people. And, uh, I'm sure that if you're in recovery and you look back, if, you know, whether it's trauma your environment or lack of fulfillment or all, I'm sure one of them hits if not all the above a lot of them all of them are working together which then leads to addiction I know it did for me I mean 
you know, I definitely had certain traumas emotionally and, you know, when I was younger, not having that physical presence of a father. And that was a, that was definitely traumatic for me. I didn't know it at the time, but growing up, I realized, damn, like that definitely was. And, uh, environment was a big one for me and definitely lack of fulfillment. So listen, guys, if you feel like you're in these situations, if you feel like you don't know what to do and you don't know how to have a different life and, and you're needing more out of life and you're looking for answers, hit me up for coaching, you know, like, and if it's not me, at least go to somebody, seek the answers. The answers are out there, but it takes work. We're not just going to figure it out on our own. We're not just going to like wake up and have a different perspective on life. We need guidance. I know I did. And, you know, wise people learn from other people's mistakes. Smart people learn from their mistakes. Dumb people don't learn from anyone's mistakes. You know, they don't learn from their, from their mistakes or anyone else's. So, um, so take advantage, guys. You know, let's let's get after it. I hope everybody has a fucking awesome Friday. And here's another thing, like, you know, just touching on this real quick, like, this is getting released on Friday, right? And to be honest with you, I don't even like the weekends. Like, the weekends for me, I, I enjoy, every single day is the same for me. And, you know, I don't look forward to the weekend anymore. Like, that's not a thing. It hasn't been a thing for me in a few years now. And I want that for everyone so bad. You know what I mean? I, like, if you're waiting for two days out of the week to, to have relief and to be exciting, to have excitement, or just to escape the misery of your work week, then you have to find something else. You have to start thinking about, about what it is that you could do that would really put you on fire and get you excited about life again because that's not the way to get through life. Now, of course, there's jobs that we, we need and we have responsibilities and, and I'm not naive to that. And, you know, but sometimes certain jobs serve as stepping stones, not, not um, long-term placement. You know what I mean? We don't need to be in a situation that we can't stand. That's not what life is about. So that's all I got, guys. And uh, listen, if you want to reach out to me for coaching or you need help, you can reach out to my direct line as 203-917-8862, 203-917-8862. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody, and I will see you on the next one.